Welcome to the State Support Team 11 podcast. I'm your host, Eric Neal, and today our topic is teaching diverse learners. Uh, we are joined by Shauna Benson. She's the program director in the Center for Teaching Diverse Learners at Ocali. Uh, welcome, Shauna. Thanks for joining us. How are you? I'm good. Thanks, Eric. Thanks for having me here today. Oh, no problem. We're happy to have you. Um, could you tell me a little bit about Ocali? Sure. Um, Ocali is uh, an agency, um, a state agency. Um, we work in partnership with the Department of Education, and we have um, a vision for promoting access and opportunities for individuals with disabilities throughout our state and, and also across the nation. Um, Ocali's work is really about linking um, the research around individuals with disabilities and um, real life experiences that inspire them to move forward and achieve all of the wonderful goals and dreams that they have. Great. Um, can you tell me a little bit about the different centers and what you do in your position as the head of your center? Sure. Um, Ocali has nine centers. Um, so centers from autism, centers for a young child, um, family and community outreach, uh, policy, Office of Policy, Lifespan and Transition, um, Universal Design for Learning, Outreach Center for Deafness and Blindness, Assistive Technology and AT, AT and AEM Center, and also the Teaching Diverse Learners Center, which is the center that I lead. I'm the program director for the TDL Center at Ocali. Great. So what specifically does the Teaching Diverse Learners Center work on? Well, we have a lot of um, scope to the work. Um, we do focus, of course, on learners with complex disabilities or low incidence disabilities. Um, we really are working toward um, inspiring people to presume competence and provide equity to learners um, across all facets of the lifespan, but we do focus a lot in the field of education, so providing equity and inclusive practices in education. Um, we provide a lot of guidance to the state, regional, and local level, and we definitely try to work with people um, in our education system to provide collaborative planning uh, and integrated supports and services for students who do have disabilities across the subject areas and across the grade levels. Yeah, specifically, I know you guys uh, do a lot of work on literacy. We do. Yeah. So right now we have a lot of um, uh, state level literacy work, regional uh, levels of literacy work, and we, on occasion, through our SST partners, um, work um, with them to support districts as well. And, and a lot of that work really has to do with um, stretching or expanding um, the offerings of best practice or um, supporting best practice in language and literacy instruction and assessment to better include um, learners with complex disabilities or low incidence disabilities who may need additional supports and maybe a different depth of instruction or range of instruction to build their skill sets toward achieving grade level standards. Yeah, you know, a lot of times, you know, you hear equity, it, it's one of those those buzzwords that has kind of caught on in, in education, but, you know, uh, it seems like a lot of times uh, students with disabilities and specifically students with, you know, severe disabilities that require a lot of support uh, almost get left out of that equity conversation. Yeah, oftentimes because, um, you know, we are supporting learners who are marginalized for one reason or another, and um, the diversity range is very broad. So we truly are focused on 
providing access and equity to any facet of diversity that um, would be part of our system. But we, we really do try to provide emphasis and support to learners who, within that range of diversity, who have those um, categories of disability or needs that are specifically a little bit more rare. So that, that term or the reference to low incidence disabilities means that they don't occur very often. And so sometimes you're right. I think um, students who have those low incidence, in, low incidence needs, um, they do kind of get left out because a lot of people may just not have had exposure um, to working with, with learners who have those kinds of complex needs. Um, and they just may need a little bit of support to um, bring their skill sets up or just, you know, gain some experience maybe with um, some supports to make sure that they can um, provide that equity in learning and equity in um, inclusive settings and inclusive practices around instruction and assessment. No, absolutely. I, I found that you know, uh, I, I come from a social studies background, you know, teaching history and didn't you know, know a lot about students with disabilities. And then later on, uh, you know, spent a, a lot of time working with students with disabilities. And you, know, you just have some preconceived notions or things if you don't have that exposure that make you, you know, kind of just assume what people can do and what they can't do. I think it's great that you guys are really helping to bring that awareness so that, that people really do understand what they can do. Right, and we want people to be comfortable and feel supported. So I think most often when people um, you know, may, may not be providing the supports that learners need, it's, it's not because they really don't want to. I think that would very rarely be the case. I think primarily it's just that they don't feel comfortable, they don't know what to do next, they don't know how to sometimes even interact or approach. Um, some of our learners who have complex uh, communication needs or motor needs or sometimes sensory um, needs. And it, again, it's just because they just haven't had that experience. And so we really hope that the resources and information and professional learning that we provide just really gives people um, tools in their toolkit and um, ideas that can promote their thinking beyond those limitations to really see what learners um, can do. I think seeing is believing oftentimes. And if they've never seen that happen um, before, I think we just need to help them see it through um, video clips oftentimes in a professional learning environment or um, experiential stories that colleagues share. Um, I think those are important pieces to the work that we do. No, definitely. You know, there, there is that misconception out there that you know, the, they just can or can't do it, but we really do have to make sure, and I, and I think there's a big push, not just for students with disabilities, but, but for all of the different uh, federally recognized student groups to, to you know, through the MTSS um, framework as well, to, to help make sure that we're making it accessible. It's no longer about, you know, well, we're just gonna deliver this, and if you get it, you get it. It's really about being intentional and, and knowing the different needs of your students well enough so that you can, uh, through all of these different strategies, help to make it accessible for everyone. Right, and that's actually one of the things that I think is really um, inspiring about Ohio. Ohio is very committed to um, recognizing diversity in a very positive way and um, leveraging it. I mean, I think that, um, you know, how Ohio's done a wonderful job with, um, you know, the each child uh, focus 
and, and even honing in on Ohio's plan to raise literacy achievement, they're very committed within the plan, um, within the, the text and dialogue within that plan to make sure that no matter what the complexity or, or diversity that a learner brings to the language and literacy table or you know, accessing content and curriculum, that people have this mindset that there's always potential for learners to grow their skills and knowledge, um, including in the language and literacy skill sets. We just wanna make sure that no student is left without those opportunities. And I think that's evident in the state's work. No, I think you're right. The, that plan to raise literacy achievement really, really does a good job of, of looking at it holistically. You know, a, a lot of the work we do now is really focusing on, you know, helping districts uh, with, you know, the least restrictive environment uh, mm -hmm. numbers that are going on. You know, a, a lot of times it, it seems like you, you get students with disabilities who are, are pulled out during regular instruction time or put in a separate classroom or things like that. So having, having that plan and having them really spell out, you know, what, what they're trying to accomplish for everyone, I think can only be helpful. Yeah. What's interesting about that is, um, you know, having brought up the LRE conversation, um, it, within the research, it really shows us that there are two main reasons or kind of barriers that students are, are experiencing, especially learners who have complex and low incidence disabilities. And the two main barriers that they um, kind of run up against in their kind of quest for learning and quest to achieve uh, those graduation outcomes that they want is number one, they often have limited exposure or opportunity to learn some of the same grade level content that their peers have access to. Um, and the second piece that actually contributes to that is that, um, you know, it kind of goes back to those old mindsets or old uh, beliefs that people have that oftentimes there's this very low expectation, especially students who have um, significant cognitive disabilities and other low incidence or complex disabilities. There's just this attitude for, um, well, you know, maybe they can't do it. And, and then there's this expectation that really kind of becomes kind of diminished or becomes lower. Um, and those are the two biggest barriers that learners face. And it's shown in the research over and over again that if we, and quite honestly, both of those are adult yeah. <laughs> um, barriers, um, not necessarily from a learner perspective. It's kind of what we're doing that puts them up against those barriers. So if we can get those things turned around for students and really give them the world, make sure that they have that full exposure to everything that their peers have access to, including all of the skill sets to read and write, all of the content areas, all of those concepts and learning that um, the curriculum offers from kindergarten through grade 12, we really just want students to have all that information plus additional information that may be unique to an individualized learning plan. Um, so if we can do that part, I think that we could, we could potentially change those mindsets and really show that learners can have wonderful outcomes um, if we put all of that in place for them. Absolutely, I had a really fascinating conversation actually earlier today with a, a cultural competency expert. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, this, this person has a son with, um, uh, so, you know, some serious needs and uh, disabilities. And 
uh, you, we were talking about cultural competency in general, which I think a lot of times people attribute to race or, or um, ethnic group or just different, different things that they're more familiar with. But there really is an actual cultural competency to students with disabilities. Right. And it was something that really clicked with me, like adding, you know, we, we do right now, we're doing a lot of professional development and awareness and building up people's cultural competency skills. But this, this is one more of just many different cultures and things that we deal with. So I think right. the work you guys are doing there is just completely helping us get to that point where, where that's just part of the regular conversation. Right. Yeah. Diversity is an exciting field. And I think there are just so many facets to it. We always have so much to learn. We, we really come with our own culture in mind because it's what we've had most experience with. And there's so much other perspective out there that we haven't yet explored. And so that learning could go on and on and on for our entire lives. Um, and we may or may not, you know, really get the perspective of every other, you know, diverse cultural group and experience that other people are bringing. No, right. So always a learning opportunity there. Absolutely. So what are some of the resources that you, you have that could support educators in including diverse learners and accessing the general curriculum? So um, on the Ocali website, um, so <clears throat> I'm going to share a web address. Um, if you go to www.ocali.org forward slash center, C-E-N-T-E-R forward slash T-D-L for teaching diverse learners. Um, that will actually take you directly to the Teaching Diverse Learners um, webpage on the Ocali website. Um, and there are a variety of resources there with regard to planning for instruction. Um, it would provide access, any educator would be provided and family member would be provided access to um, the range of standards that a student um, would be learning from kindergarten through grade 12. Um, there are additional learning standards and um, resources there as well. Um, we do have some collaborative planning templates that would allow um, educators from a learner's IEP team or any grade level or content area to bring together all of their knowledge about the, the content that they would be teaching um, and from an intervention or specialist perspective, bringing in all of that knowledge about diversity and access um, and supports and services that learners may need. Um, those collaborative planning templates really encourage uh, teams, diverse teams to come together and think about the whole child, a whole classroom, a whole grade level of learners and how diverse that they are. And it helps the, the team focus in on what they want to teach. Um, so what skills or targets they're looking to teach. Um, maybe a plan or an outline on how they see that unfolding, what are their, uh, each role and responsibility, what are their tasks involved. And then it also has a place, the planning templates have a place to bring in um, learner diversity. So if, if a student has a specialized learning need, we can take that from a specialized document like an IEP or like a plan that supports an English learner, and we can bring that information directly in to our instructional plan so that we don't forget to provide some type of support or service that a student must have in order to participate in the instruction or the assessment um, on a daily basis. Um, so there are a lot of resources there that um, also connect the dots between our system. There are a lot of agencies that support 
uh, diverse learners within our system. So there are also um, resources there that can connect um, to other, um, other providers, other resources from other agencies as well. Um, so we do have quite a few. We provide professional development quite a bit. So um, with through the state support teams and in partnership with the Department of Education. And so there are a lot of resources that have come from that type of professional development that are also part of the um, planning and resource documents on the Teaching Diverse Learners webpage. Sounds like you guys are really the, the one-stop shop there if you're, you're looking for supports for students with disabilities. Yeah, I would love for people to contact us if, if they have questions. Always feel free to visit the Ocali website. And they're also welcome to contact me directly. I can share my email address. That'd be great. Um, it's Shauna, S-H-A-W-N-A underscore Benson, B-E-N-S-O-N, at Ocali, O-C-A-L-I dot org. That's great. Thank you so much for that. And uh, once again, I'd, I'd really like to thank you for joining us today. Uh, this has been Shauna Benson. She's program director in the Center for Teaching Diverse Learners at Ocali. Uh, really appreciate it, Shauna. It's been a pleasure. Sure, my pleasure. And it was wonderful to talk with you today. Thank you. Thank you. If you'd like to know more about supporting diverse learners and the other work we do here at the State Support Team 11, uh, you can go to our website. We're at sst11.org. You can give us a call at 614-753-4694 or hit us up on Twitter. We're at sstregion11. Uh, if you'd like to get a hold of me, you can email at eric.neal at escco.org. Until next time, I'm Eric Neal. Thanks for listening.